Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. It's finally here. Aloha Friday. Good morning. Sports animals back on the radio here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy today with a few passing showers. Still going to be kind of muggy at about 88 degrees. A little windy. We got a little bit of everything. Just like the radio show. A little bit of everything. <laughs> uh, headlines are following this morning. The Rainbow Wahine soccer team is on the road without Hazy the Wonder Dog. And they end up tying Cal State Fullerton one-to-one on the road. You wonder if Hazy would have been a difference maker and maybe them yes. getting a the victory. But in, she would have. In, in reality, though, it's great. To, it's still really good, I should say, to get a tie on the road. Again, you won your home game last week in conference play. You get a tie on the road. You keep doing that for the rest of the season, you'll be in the Big West Tournament. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's, yeah, we're right on track. Yes, right, right now. The uh, Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Game day. Their conference play starts today with Cal State Bakersfield at the Stan Sheriff Center. Get your tickets at eTicketHawaii.com. And as Cleo Baxter, assistant coach, told us on Wednesday's show, I mean, you kind of throw out the you know the preseason. They were seven and four, and kind of how we look at basketball is like three different seasons. Well, this starts season number two conference play, which is what it's all about as far as determining seeding for guess what a tournament in the Big West, and also hopefully getting enough wins to get in that large if it comes down to that for the NCAA's. All right, game day eve for University of Hawaii football tomorrow. It's the Aggies of New Mexico State. Get your tickets now, eTicketHawaii.com. What I like about this is despite the 1-3 and three record for Hawaii, you still have important games left. And tomorrow's game, as we've discussed all week, yeah. is an important game for a lot of reasons. So all is not lost. To me, I kind of throw out the 1-3 and three right now. And you can really help your season, you help your cause with a win tomorrow night. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, I saw this great news in the Star Advertiser when I got up this morning that uh, Maui will be hosting the PGA's uh, first uh, first uh, tournament of the season. The Century Tournament of Champions will return January 5th. That's pretty incredible. It is, and I mean, a whole bunch of thoughts came to my mind, Chris, when I heard about that. First of all, it's great to have sports back, and they wouldn't do it if they didn't feel if it was safe and everything would be able to be handled in a, in a, in a, a, taste, a tasteful way. But I do uh, also wonder about the fans on Maui. Hopefully by then they'll be receptive, and I think they should be, because it is the big first big sporting event after losing the Maui to Maui to Oahu. You still have high school football, but that is a big event, and I think a lot of people will be appreciative to have them back. Yeah, they're you know what they're going to have, and I'm looking somewhere in here. I mean, they expect thousands of people uh, to be visiting that tournament from the mainland. So it's you know it's good for the economy, and that's exactly what yeah. Governor Green is saying: is hey, Maui is open. So um, I, I think it also on a national level brings attention 
to all of the needs of the people on Maui, right? Because oh, definitely. it's even, you know, we're trying to start some public service campaigns myself with uh, other media uh, in this town, and they got turned down a few times because people are saying, oh, there's don- there's Maui donation uh, fatigue. Uh, I don't think we'll be participating in that. You know, I, there might be fatigue, but at the same time, they still need help. So this is, you know, thankfully something like this is coming along to really boost that on a national level. Because remember, the Tournament of Champions is exactly what it is. It's everybody who won last year a tournament. So that means you have some of the best golfers in the world uh, coming over to Maui. Yeah, it is that big of a deal. The first big one of the calendar year. And I read somewhere last week where somebody was saying, people on the mainland, it seems like people are kind of forgetting about us now. After a few weeks, a month you of see? the fire. Yep. And you see that in other situations going on around the country or the world. So I can understand that. As you mentioned a minute ago, I love that point, is that now this will also bring more attention, uh, refocused attention about what's going on in Maui. So I think it's kind of a win-win in that aspect. Yeah, it's very good. Okay, I want to get back to It's game day for the Rainbow Wahine. And um, we were told uh, through an official release from the director of marketing that today is National Girls' Night Out. Yes. And uh, and, and they're saying that all Wahines are encouraged to gather with their girlfriends and be at the Rainbow Wahine volleyball game for a night out to relax, recharge, and reconnect with friends. The first 300 uh, Wahines coming to the game. Actually, I didn't know. I didn't read this before. It, they get uh, they get a lay. So the first 300 uh, people to get the sorry ladies to come to the game tonight against Cal State Bakerfield uh, gets a free lay. Now, I did a little digging, Gare. A little, and I found out that well, it's not National Girls' Night Out after all. Hmm? You see. <laughs> I'm not discouraging people from going to the game, and I don't think it matters. If you were going to go to the game, you're going to go to the game. But tonight, or today, is actually Girls' Night In Day. (laughs) What? What the heck is Matthews doing up there at UH? (laughs) It's not Girls' Night Out. It's Girls' Night In. Couldn't it be either or? Tomato, tomato? Uh, no, no? because okay. girls night in, you're supposed to call up your besties and, and just, uh, you know, stay home, kick back and have some pl- fun playing board games or something. I'm not sure. Okay. Now what I'm seeing is just that it's national girls night, plain and simple. Oh, I see. I, so I see that gives saying. you kind of an out there if you're Eric Matthews. I think he's just bending the truth a little bit. <laughs> Maybe just a little. It's not nationals girls night out. It's National Girls' Night. Yes, the official release He left release out the that. in. Yeah, he's covered either way. Kind of a stretch, you see. <laughs> now, it's it's also National Ice Cream Cone Day. Of course. And see that he got right. I think you could uh help and you could help with attendance by just saying that Metagold is giving out free ice cream before the start of match while supplies last. That's and- enough to get people in the doors. You don't need to lie about National Girls' Night in or out. That is true. I also think, shouldn't every day be National Ice Cream Cone Day? I'm thinking every day should be National Girls' Night in. <laughs> that too. Why, why only give them one day a year? <laughs> we deserve uh, more. I can't wait for Boys' Day coming up hopefully later on. Y- well, or you're not a, well, you're not a boy. No, but I could, you know, 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, tonight, uh, uh, Raising Canes is the sponsor of the game, and they're going to be distributing 200 key, UH keychain lanyards, and um, they will be giving away a Raising Canes gift basket. It includes Raising Canes goodies and a free box combo card. What's a box combo? The box oh, like combo a, like is a combo meal. Is when you get the fries and the chicken and a drink together. Oh, what about the lovely piece of toast? That comes with it. That's also with it. And I guess is it the coleslaw? I guess that comes with it as well. I don't know. I think you get a, you get a little I, bit I, of that coleslaw as well. Yes. I've I've only been there once. Although they wow. were our sponsors the other day, I watched about forty people eat raising canes on the student section, but I did not partake. Well, you, if you did, you would have known what's in there. But, yeah, the box combo is obviously <laughs> very popular, and it does taste that good. All right, so make it down and cheer on the Rainbow Wahine, and let's get this conference season started off right. Ten minutes after 7 o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu. And, you know, for the big weekend, again, for conference play starting for volleyball, we already went over how it's kind of a new season, and it really is. Uh, and you see this in every sport, whether it's volleyball, basketball, baseball, and, of course, football, and soccer, of course. You know, it really dictates how maybe you're viewed, how your season will go. You want to do well in the preseason or non-conference, but these are important matches for volleyball. Again, you know, 7-4, and four, when Cleo Baxter told us that the other day, it almost sounded, it didn't sound like a negative. It's still a good record, but for this team, who was ranked at one point, you want to be better than that. You want to build up your RPI, and they're coming into conference play. We'll have Tiff Wells on next hour to talk about it as well, but they're actually a little disappointed that some of these matches slipped away from them. Even TCU last Friday, they're up one set to zero at 24-21, I believe, in set two, looking mm -hmm. to take a commanding lead, and they didn't win that set or the next two. And that has happened a couple of other times. We know this is a good volleyball team. There's so much talent. But to get over that hump, so to speak, to go further in the NCAA, they've got to be a little bit more consistent by their own words and finish matches that they have a chance to close out with. Yeah, and it seems for some reason a lot of these, and I'm, I'm looking at all the scores here, it seems like Hawaii, for whatever reason, in the third match, they kind of get, they kind of lose focus. I mean, they kind of get blown out in some of these matches. Not Maybe not blown out, but, you know, or they do really well. It, it's kind of weird. Once that third match, com um, uh, third set comes up, it's, it's, it's uh, something happens to either side, whether it's Hawaii or the other team. They've had a lot a, of 25 yeah. to 18 scores. Right. There have been a couple, like one set for the last several home matches where I even saw a couple of 25-15, even though they might have won or been really competitive going to four or five, but there's always that one set. And I, I think that's what they're talking about, closing out matches, being more consistent, playing mm. your best through every set, not just a few, because they could have a little bit better record. And maybe in the end that won't matter. But as you're trying to get ready for a tournament run with all these returning players from last year and a couple of new players, you know you have the talent to go that far. Just maybe getting a little bit up there as far as taking it to the next level and they i know they can do it but hopefully they'll start that with a csu bakersfield tonight and csun on sunday mm -hmm. yeah and then they go on the road and then you know what then they go on the road long beach state and uc san diego i can't remember uc san diego is pretty good right they have been good. Now, they are not the team that went to the Final Four last year. That is just uh, 
uh, U-San Diego, I guess, USD, oh, USD, uh, who they played early this season. Remember, that was game two in the Hawaiian that's Airlines. That's the private school. Yeah, that, that's the one they beat, and they beat them this year. Uh, they came in ranked, and last year, again, in the final four, something like a 31-3 and record. Uh, UC, uh, UC San Diego, I know, has been a pretty decent team as well. And uh, I think Hawaii, even though they are uh, considered the best team by basically everybody. You know if you have a slip-up or two, you might not finish in first. Now, this year, again, you have the Big West Tournament for the first time. It used to be just a regular season champ. Oh, but, you know, oh. again, for seeding purposes, and I know we're way out from that position now, that part of December or late November when they have the pairings, is that you want to get a better seed. You don't have to be playing a top 10 or 15 team in round one or two, especially in Washington, because it seems like that's happened <laughs> almost every single that's, year. It's your guaranteed to go to Washington, right? Yeah, and Washington is usually the opponent on day two if you have a four-team setup in the regionals, and they are tough anyway, and they're tough at home. So hopefully they can get a little bit different scenario. Of course, in, in an ideal situation, it would be great to host. I don't know what the logistics are on that, especially with basketball being played for women and men, having the venue open as the Stan Sheriff Center. But you still want to have a favorable bracket. And, I, again, I know that's two months away, but it is important for these matches to help that cause and get you going along the right, t- right path. Yeah. The, uh, you know, if Kaylin Alexander can come and do her what she's done the last couple of matches and put down 21 slam downs, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. And, you know, oh, and, and just you know, you, Alexander putting down 21 kills. You got Riley Wagner being Riley Wagner and Amber Igedi just being the All-American self. I have no problem. Uh, I have no uh, worries about Hawaii's season. And one of the things we have seen in recent uh, matches, as most fans, I think, would know less tiff about it, is that Holly Hakkis, Sergeant Hakkis, uh, has been mm-hmm. taken out of the starting lineup, and Ke- uh, Kendra Ham has been replacing her as the outside hitter. So mm-hmm. uh, it looks like it's worked out again. They swept their last two matches uh, in Dallas last weekend against Western Carolina and Florida State. But that's one change that Robin Amo has already made in the starting lineup just a week or so ago. I didn't hear. I was away when you uh, talked to Kaleo Baxter. Did you ask him why? Sergeant Hawkins was taken out of the starting lineup? I did not ask him about that. you got to ask the tough questions, Dickman. We, Come we, on. We covered a lot. We covered a lot, but we oh. didn't get that far. But, and a we'll lot of fluff. <laughs> a little. Maybe not a lot, but a little. But uh, anyway, we'll ask Tiff about that coming up next hour. About that. All right. Okay. Uh, Mark Veneri is going to join us at the bottom of the hour today. Uh, of course, a big uh, weekend. A couple of pretty good games in high school football. I know he's here, I believe, to talk about UH football, yeah. but maybe we can slip a little bit of that in. Sure. All right. It's Sports Animals here. This is ESPN Honolulu. And uh, woodworkers, check it out. Woodcraft Hawaii's vendor days continue. This week, you can save 10% off Makita power tools and 25% off accessories at Woodcraft Hawaii. Uh, we'll check your traffic in a moment. Weather again today, partly cloudy, a few passing showers. Trade's going to be up to 20 miles per hour. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Keep listening here on ESPN Honolulu. We're giving away Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets. You can see Amber IGD and Kaylin Alexander and the gang up close at the Stan Sheriff Center. These tickets are going to be for Sunday's match against um, CSUN. 
and um, that is going to start at 4 p.m., okay? So keep listening. We'll give those away here on ESPN Honolulu. Yeah, it should be exciting, of course. And, you know, one of the things that's really big in college athletics, as we all know, is the NILs. And I was actually kind of amazed to see this yesterday, although maybe we shouldn't be surprised. It was on Twitter, but we know the athletic director at Ohio State, Gene Smith. He's been in the news a lot in recent years. And this is what he said. They had an NIL hearing with Congress. And he said this. A practice of asking a school for a fee to simply visit campus has emerged. Asking for $5,000 just to visit has become common. These are potential college athletes for your university. And what he was doing uh, in front of Congress yesterday was trying to have some NIL restrictions, uh, have, it, have it legislated where these things can happen. And I, I don't blame him when I hear that. It was the House Committee on Small Business in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. They were discussing the impact of NIL. And I'll get to some of the numbers, which was kind of surprising. But just going back to my initial statement there, he is saying, the AD at Ohio State, that if you want to go visit, let's say, Ohio State, some potential athletes or recruits have asked for $5,000 as a fee to visit your campus. To say this is getting out of whack would be an understatement. And I don't know how common this is, but he's saying it, and it has happened. You would think it's probably more prevalent than what – we thinking that it might be just an isolated thing. That, that's crazy if that's the case, that you're actually asking for money just to visit your school. Maybe some athletes can get away with it. It's just, again, I love the NIL concept. I don't like that it's gone to this extreme. <laughs> wow. Okay, so it's a little fee, right? Yeah. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to um, – you want me to – I mean, they kind of do it anyway, don't they? No, no, no. They you pay don't... for your airfare. Well, that's an addition, though. Yeah, you they get your airfare feed you. Yeah. They take you – when the coach isn't looking, they take you to places you shouldn't go at night, right? But they also don't give you a $5,000 check or cash until, I guess, maybe it has been going on a little longer than I thought, but apparently it's happened. <laughs> wow. I mean, I just can't. I mean, again, I, I, we shouldn't be shocked because this has gone to a lot of us, including me, a lot differently than I thought when I heard the first time, for the first time, NIL, name, image, likeness. Uh, and it's a breakdown, for example, what, what these athletes get, according to Gene Smith, the AD. Of everybody that gets NILs, 44% come from social media engagements of the money they get. Uh-huh. 24% is from royalty payouts. Kind of like the five thousand like, dollar fee, just for show, just for being having your royalty. Name there. No, but that's not a royalty. Well, it's like if you have your name associated with whatever brand, you still get those payouts afterwards. It's like a royalty. Like if you have a TV show that's played right. for thirty years, you get the royalty all those years. You get a certain fee. But I'm trying to I'm trying to figure how does the royalty work with okay if it's not a you know a, a commercial. You know, like if it's a TV commercial, like who's on the uh, Dr. Pepper commercial now? Somebody, uh, Caleb Williams, I, th- okay. I believe, is on the Dr. Comer- uh, Pepper. <laughs> they got rid of DJ Uyunglele uh, pretty quick. <laughs> but um, uh, Caleb Williams, so maybe he gets a royalty every time those spots play? That's something along those lines, I would okay. think, yeah. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, 9% come from public appearances. 2% from autographs and 3% from camps and clinics and then 18% from miscellaneous ventures. Uh, I, again, when I th- 
NIL to me was going to be what Johnny Manziel was kind of doing when he was selling those autographs illegally. Maybe the Ohio State players uh, from way back when, where they right. would you know trade game tickets for tattoos and other things. And I think that would be okay. But again, now you're getting money before you even set foot on a campus. As far as if you're a great freshman in high school, they're going to give you the NIL money before you even prove yourself on the college right. level. And now well, just they for do showing that in up, the NFL. But 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 it will not in a the NFL. Sport. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm going to give Tim Couch. Thirty-seven million dollars, and he hasn't proven himself. Uh, he's the number one draft choice. Well, I'm going to give yeah. Achilles Smith all of this money uh, to play professional football, and you know I'm going to pick Johnny Manziel in the first round. They're, they're all—it's the same thing. That's actually true when you look at it that way. It is very similar. Of course, similar. it's true. But I, again, you've—you've—you got to make things a little bit more consistent because every state. Well, not every state, but different states have different rules. But the fact that it's not what it what it was intended to be, and again, we understand it's way past that. You're going to get money just for being a great name or a big name going to a school. And I'll give one example of what's going on here, at least. And I've seen this on social media, so it's fine to say, I believe. But Jovan McClanahan, uh, starting point guard for UH men's basketball team, he's got he got signed a deal with Jersey Mike's. And that's great. Oh, cool. So he'll get, I'm not sure if it's the royalties or how he he might appear in ads, but he put it on his Instagram page. Uh, and he put like, I forget, he put something about Jersey Mike's on there. Uh, and that's an example of because of who he is that he's going to be representing them, so to speak. And he gets mm -hmm. an appearance fee, kind of like doing a commercial for any anybody, you know, in the... In the adult world, I guess. Uh, and I, again, <laughs> adult I, world? Well, you know what I mean? When you, you know, you know, People that are you know established, either whether it's an actor, actress, musicians, athletes, they get on commercials, endorse a product, and, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, Chris Paul, and all those. You're talking know. about, yeah, you're talking about endorsements. The yeah, college yeah. athlete is doing endorsements. Okay, so that's what the NIL is for. See, I don't think the NIL, well, I guess it was for endorsement, because name, you're making yes. money off your name, yes, image, exactly. and likeness. Right, but, so you're making money off of signing your autographs, and personal appearances and um you know doing stuff on social media i mean look at our look at our website espnhonolulu.com um there's a, a, a there's ni there's a lot of nil going on in the ads on our our very own website sure. and that part is okay i just think again when you get down to having an appearance fee for showing up for a visit and you're basically getting paid. So what's wrong with what's wrong well, with people making money? I don't understand. I don't, I have nothing what, wrong are with you athletes jealous? making. I mean, no, what, I don't jealous. get it. I am a little envious, but I, nothing wrong with players <laughs> making money. No, I have, nothing, I have no problem with that. Then what's the problem? I, I, it's just that I think it's just gone where it's not how it was intended. Name, image, and likeness so is name. What? Well, because then you're we gonna, we intend for these people to make money. What? Okay, I'll, tell you, so what. I'll okay, tell you so what. Here's the the only so what I can see is it just more separates the haves and have nots. Well, that's, that's a big thing. so what for one thing. I guess. But even for a group of five. But you I'm, sound like a whiny baby. No, I just think it's crazy. I'm not. I, mean, I was one of the first ones to say athletes should get paid among most of us here. That's that, true. You know, I didn't mind that's that. That's true. Because I didn't think they should be. But, but I remember a situation, without getting too specific, and I don't know all the details, but there was a basketball player, a potential recruit for UH, uh -huh. who this is be way before NILs, maybe within the last 10 years, though. And what he, he actually requested more than what a scholarship would offer. I'm not saying he, need, he wanted to get paid necessarily. Oh, sure but he, he did. Well, what he wanted was, <laughs> I think, along the lines of some plane tickets, things like it that. Okay. And he chose another and school. That never, and that never happened. Well, he chose another athletics. school because apparently another school gave it to him. So that's the so what. If, yeah. you're, if you're giving people things like that, that's not what NIL was for. 
And sure now you're ba- that's what it is exactly what NIL is for. for, for to give somebody I'm gonna a plane pay to- the players. Well, I'm going to pay them with either cash or in kind, uh, you know, in kind donations. But that's not what it was for. It's supposed to be based on your name, image, and likeness. What you could uh, make because of your name, image, and likeness. What profit? <laughs> But just giving right. somebody flat out money for appearance fee or giving them plane tickets or things like that, things that were totally illegal just a few years ago, uh-huh. uh, has become part of the deal. I don't think that was how this was intended. No, and it's and you know what? It, one day it might. They say it's going to ruin college athletics because it takes all the collegiality out of it. Yeah, college. It's after a while, it's like you don't need to go to college. You're just going to wear the college uniform of whoever. And it's going to be a professional league that's uh, a feeder system to the NFL, much like the USFL slash SXFL is trying to be for the NFL. That's what it's going to be. Well, that's a so what then, as far as your earlier comment. I mean, that, I, don't, I don't think that's good for the sport, but I think what is good no, for the it's sport. No, not, it's not good, but, but you yeah. know what? It is what it is. Well, I mean, again, I'm not upset about it. I'm kind unless, of. I'm, unless. The, unless congress gets together and makes a federal ruling right. on some of this stuff and i think that's the direction they want to head in that's what the hearing was for yesterday right right and that's what gene smith is trying to get in comp- here's what he's trying to do here's some of the things he's trying to do as far as congress he wants a national nil standard and yeah. nil agent registration oh okay uh-huh. standard nil contracts standard Prohibition, prohibition of, of inducements, I'm not sure specifically what that would involve, but an NIL public registry, maintain the amateur model of athletics, <laughs> <laughs> and strong enforcement. They want to have protection plans in place. So what they thing. want to do is go back to the old way and have stuff above board and then a whole stuff, a bunch of stuff under the table where people are going to cheat anyway. They don't want that, but it's but going to happen. But that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's bound to happen. Right. The only thing different about now, I guess, is that it's legal to do some of those things that were, again, illegal just a few years ago. I like the fact of an agent being uh, like a um, certified NIL agent. Yeah. Right, because it could be guys ripping kids off and all that kind of – and it it protects you from being like, oh, I'm his uncle. I'm going to be handling all of his affairs, is actually having uh, true professionals do it. Uh, What they don't mention and what you haven't mentioned is there are a lot of – there are a lot of – there's a lot of um, there's a lot of schools that are involved in the whole NIL process, and that's not supposed to happen either. Right. And you can't tell me in Miami and places like that the schools aren't involved. Sorry. <laughs> of course. That, that's something they've got to address as well. Right, and you know what, what Gene Smith wants along those same lines, he wants to have uh, licenses created for athletes who could then decide what school-related NIL opportunities they'd want to partake in. Excuse me, And I think that is kind of fine, but schools weren't supposed to be involved with this before, but now they are, and that's just an example of what he's proposing. That kind of opens up a can of worms, not a can of worms, but opens up where then you can have the school doing something maybe they're not supposed to, which has happened, obviously, over the years. Still, mm-hmm. I, I think it does need to be regulated. I, lo- I love that they're getting money. I love it. But, again, I think, again, the separation of Group of Five and Power Five is going to be so much more uh, greater. And, I don't, again, as you said a minute ago, Chris, and I agree, it's just not good for the sport, but that's where we're headed. And I, I like it this way better than how it was before, but I, I wish it could be a little bit uh, uh, regulated at least a little bit so it doesn't get out of hand as much as, as it already has. 
All right. Uh, coming up on ESPN Honolulu, we'll get into the uh, Rainbow Warrior football game tomorrow with our uh, analyst, Mark Veneri. That's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Remember, we've got those uh, Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets we're going to give away for Sunday afternoon's match at the stand. And Oregon State, and this is kind of, it's not really along the same lines, but Oregon State's athletic director uh, came out and said, because they're going to be, I guess, demoted to group of five soon, they're saying they should do some kind of, uh, college athletics should do some college football, excuse me, should do some kind of promotion relegation model that they do in soccer, where you move up in divisions, the better right. you get. That's very interesting. We'll get into that coming up here on this Aloha Friday on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, before we check your traffic here, think about this. What could you do with an extra $1,000 cash? Or how would you like to win a $100 gift certificate this weekend from Dave & Buster's? Well, you can. It's ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by the good guys at M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. The math in my head, which isn't always 100% accurate, I believe we are about 35 or so hours away from kickoff tomorrow night, Hawaii, New Mexico State. And joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, the radio analyst for every Hawaii football game, doing a great job. Joining us now is Mark Veneri. Mark, great to have you on. And before we talk about tomorrow's game and what's ahead, uh, just a quick look back at last week. I know the Oregon game is what it was. Do you look at it as all as some of the positive? Positives and some of the areas that Hawaii needed to work on as far as sacks led up and penalty, that those were actually pretty decent numbers from last week? Uh, you know, uh, well, first off, good morning, guys. Um, and then secondly, I, I mean, you chalk it up to what it is. I, I, I mean, Oregon's the 10th-ranked team in the country. Um, there's things, obviously, I'm sure that um, Coach Jimmy Chang wanted to, you know, work on and get better at. But, you know, you, got, you really got to chalk it up as Oregon was just – just it's just a talented football team they have the talent they they are part of the power five school it's and and it's just it was a difficult thing in the sense that i think you know expectations are like oh you know well maybe we can you know put up some more points or we can do more but also we're playing against a really good team but at the end of the day i thought for me more so i saw a lot of guys come up uh noah kemma um, Nalu Emerson that really stood out to me uh, on the defensive side. And, you know, uh, Pofele Ashlock continues to be, um, you know, just a, a guy who's continued to grind, Jordan Johnson. So there's individual moments within um, the players, I think, and in, in, in the team offensively and defensively as well, that I think you can take some positives from that game. So when you look ahead now to New Mexico State and what we're calling a pretty important game, and we'll get more in-depth about that, but for tomorrow, does that give you more optimism as far as the chances for Hawaii to kind of turn this thing around? I, I think this is, you know, I know every game is a must-win game, and every, you know, every opponent that, you know, Hawaii's going to be going against, is, you know, is obviously going to be must-win for them. But this is probably the biggest game on their schedule uh, right now. Uh, you look at what happened last season um, uh, at New Mexico State. Uh, you look at the, where this team could turn. You, you know, I think you're kind of at the crossroads where it can go left or it can go right. And 
Um, I'm hoping that they write the ship. I think Coach Timmy Chang wants to write the ship. I think everyone on that uh, on the team at practice, I know, has been very uh, locked in, dialed in. Um, uh, it's like an eerily quiet sense of focus for this football team. So, you know, I, I think this is one of the biggest games of the season heading uh, into Mountain West Conference play. Last year against New Mexico State, Hawaii did get kind of dominated, led up 357 rushing yards. In your opinion, would it be fair to say that the defense as a whole has done a better job, at least through the first four games, of stopping the run, at least compared to last season? I, I fully agree with that. And I think it starts with, you know, the, the interview that we had the other night um, at the Timmy Chang show with Chris Brown, uh, the lines then, Nalu Emerson um, and uh, Noah Kama have really stepped up uh, for uh, Hawaii. And obviously Isaiah Tupanga has done a nice job. Um, but with the run game, I think that's where Hawaii's actually have been stout. Even on the back end, defensively, they looked, they looked very good in coverage. I think just Oregon had that speed if you're looking at last week's uh, production. But if you're looking ahead with New Mexico State, all of these guys come back from last season. You know, you talk about bulletin board material. You know, there's three, they put up over 300 yards of rushing. I mean, everything you could think of that could motivate this football team is right there in front of them. And I think they're going to come out motivated. And I think the, there's a little chip for them on their shoulder to come out and prove it. But, yes, Gary, I think from the run, uh, the run game standpoint, um, Hawaii's done a lot better. Uh, this uh, this season. Mark Finnery joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Countdown the kickoff at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Then John and Mark Finnery taking over at about 5.50 p.m. with the kickoff scheduled right after 6. Here's another interesting talk uh, comment about the defense. This is really nice to hear when you think about the defense overall. As a team, Hawaii ranks fourth in the country with 18 pass breakups. And Burdell Edwards and JoJo Forrest are tied for number four in the country with five each. That's actually pretty impressive. They have done a better job defensively. And, and you know what? I think I, I've, I've said it numerous times, and I know, Gary, you've heard me say it numerous times. I think I feel comfortable on the edges with our cornerbacks, with JoJo Forrest, as you mentioned. Rodell Edwards um, have done such a great job in man-on-man situations. I think one of the things that, you know, Hawaii probably could work on is, you know, uh, adjusting to tempo. New Mexico State will like to go with tempo a little bit. I think getting set uh, defensively and uh, getting themselves ready um, for a play and when you're, you're going tempo, it's, you know, it's, people don't talk about how difficult it is to go against tempo. But um, getting set and making sure everything in the calls are, are correct. But um, the back end has been, you know, really good. And, you know, Elijah Palmer, you can add that in, uh, you can add him into the mix as uh, being a guy that, you know, could actually see some refs at safety as well, uh, along with um, uh, Peter Manuma. So you look at the secondary, I think I think overall, I think Hawaii's done a good job. I mean, obviously there's areas in which they can improve and, you know, kind of preventing that big play that's kind of hindered them. But for the most part, as you said, you know, the back end of this defense has been fantastic. Mark, let's look at the offense. Uh, still no word, I guess, officially of Tylen Hines will play. We all know how Jordan Johnson has done filling in starting last week against Oregon as well. What are your big concerns or the biggest challenge for Hawaii offensively against the Aggies? Um, I, I think it's getting into a rhythm. You, you know, we had, I think, four, five, three and outs against Oregon. Um, and Oregon's secondary was tested against uh, Texas Tech. So if you're looking at, 
you know, consistency. I think that's one thing I'm looking for this week is more consistently and getting getting at least Braden Shager into his rhythm, getting his, um, I, I guess, his timing down with his receivers a little bit more uh, and getting the ball out. Uh, because one of the things that I had a couple of discussions and we had uh, good discussions on this is that, you know, although people talk about the offensive line giving up, you know, I think it's 16, 17 sacks through four game, four or five games here now, I think another role in it is just getting Braden Shager to get that ball out a little bit quicker, too, as well. Sure. So, you know, you look at those two things, those two factors, you know, when you, you if you look at it, if, if hindsight obviously is twenty twenty, but if you go back and look at it, you know, a lot of times Braden Shager does have time to throw the football. Uh, and, you know, when you're, you're four or five seconds and you're still looking, you know, there's coverage sack. You, you know, you look at protection and the run and shoot ball needs to be out quick. So um, I think that's just going to come with time. And, you know, obviously, you know, an opportunity in front of us. And I, I'll keep saying it, Gary and Chris, it's bulletin board material. Everyone mm. knows what New Mexico State did to us last season. And I think you'll see a hungry and motivated team um, Saturday night. I hope so, and hopefully it'll result in a victory. Mark, can't wait for tomorrow night. You and John Veneri on the call starting at about 5.50, countdown to kickoff at 4 p.m. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes today. We'll look forward to the broadcast tomorrow night. I can't wait, and uh, get out there and support our, support our bows uh, come Saturday night. All right, thanks. Mark Veneri joining us here on ESPN Honolulu at Talking University of Hawaii football, and I'll look forward to that game tomorrow. It should be a big one, and hopefully a lot of fans turning out for that game. Very good. Hey, we've got Daryl Garvin uh, is the Hawaii Bowl folks have something very special going on. He's going to join us uh, for a couple of minutes and fill us in on that. That's coming up next. Hey, uh, going on right now, you probably heard by now at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack, Crab Fest. That's right. Head on down. If you love crab, they got crab. They got crab sandwiches, crab snow crab, Alaskan king crab, Dungeness crab. All the crab you can fill yourself up with at uh, Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack right now. Also, a uh, great place to check out UH Football, too. You can watch UH Football and enjoy their southern hospitality. That's Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Go Bows! Back with the Sports Animals on this Aloha Friday morning. Gary Dickman and Chris Hart, Tanner Hayworth here in our downtown Paxa studio. We're going to talk about uh, something going on in October that's really, really special. And joining us right now, he is the executive director of the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl and the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Daryl Garvin joining us. Daryl, great to talk to you again. And when I saw the name Flavors of Football, it got my attention. Flavors of Football wine tasting got Chris Hart's attention. Tell us about <laughs> what's coming up in October on the 26th. Oh, good morning. Uh, flavors of Football Wine Tasting, yep, Oahu Country Club, Thursday, October 26th at 6 o'clock. Uh, net proceeds benefit the Hawaii Bowl Foundation, who provides services for you know Hawaii-based 501c3s, preference given to those that provide services for youth. So we have some great wines. Uh, I'm not a wine expert, but uh, Mark Milton, our, one of our Hawaii Bowl Foundation board members, and his company, Beverage Marketing and More, along with RNDC, do a great job of, of supplying the wines. We'll have some Ono food from the Oahu Country Club and some great silent and live auction items, all, all for a good cause, again, to support the Hawaii Bowl Foundation and also our Extra Yard for Teachers uh, program. It's on October 26th. If some of our listeners want to know about how to get tickets, how do they go about that? 
Easiest way is to go to hawaiiballfoundation.org, and you can buy tickets online. And besides the great wine that will be there, we'll probably get Mark Milton on before the event takes place on the 26th. What else will be going on for this event? Uh, great silent auction items, live auction items. Uh, we have some entertainment that evening that will be provided uh, by, give me one second, by Kalai uh, <laughs> Camarillo and Tony Fluke. Uh, you know, try to set the mood. Um, we'll have, uh, again, some great uh, silent auction items, everything from, you know, golf, uh, golf outings to neighbor island trips. Uh, our hotel partners do great staycations, whether it's Sheraton Waikiki or Moana Surfrider, Royal Hawaiian, Outrigger Resorts, uh, some, some sports trips to the mainland, uh, but ev- something for everybody, you know, from the, from the lower end. Some of the things that do really great, uh, you know, McDonald's coupons, McKinley car washes. There's there's something for everybody. Darryl, That's very cool. How long how long have Daryl have you guys been doing this wine event now? I started with the uh, Hawaii Bowl in 2008, and the event had already been established then. Uh, so wow. at, at least that long. I'm not sure when they they actually started the first year. You've also got something great coming up too. We t- saw this, I believe, in, uh, yesterday. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl is joining the Hawaii Bowl Foundation and joining also partners to support Maui public schools affected by the wildfires on Maui in August. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that that was awesome. So the College Football Playoff Foundation uh, works closely with us for the last few years on our Extra Yard for Teachers program. We actually surprised the teacher out at. Uh, Kamali Academy and Y and I on the big day with a thousand dollar grant, but they wanted to do more uh, during Extra Yard for Teachers Week, which is which is wrapping up um, this week, and and they asked how how they could help, and so we identified the Public Schools of Hawaii Foundation program that's supporting those schools that were impacted by the fires, um, and the College Football Playoff Foundation stepped up with twenty five thousand uh, dollars, the Mountain West said, hey, we want to be involved. How can we help? So the Mountain West Conference put in 15000 Wow. Uh, we're going to make up the difference between the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl Foundation, and driving public su- support to public schools of Hawaii Foundation. So, again, if you're on the HawaiiBowlFoundation.org website, we have a Maui page. Uh, we encourage everybody, um, you know, if they, if they um, want to support the schools in, in Lahaina and get them back on their feet, uh, just make contributions to the Public Schools of Hawaii Foundation program. All right. And once again, before we let you go, Daryl, uh, how do folks get the tickets for the wine event again? Again, HawaiiBowlFoundation.org. Uh, there's a link on our homepage, and there's also a, a page dedicated to the event so they can buy them right online. Very good. Thank you, sir. We will talk soon. That's Daryl Garvin, the executive director of the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl and the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic from ESPN Events. We'll be back with our top uh, headlines we're following here on ESPN Honolulu. Sounds like thunder, gotta head for the high ground. White water coming. No fooling around. Hey. Oh, our mic's on. <laughs> Good morning. It's Aloha Friday with the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. And uh, top stories we're following, of course, uh, game day eve for University of Hawaii football. They take on the Aggies of New Mexico State. <laughs> You're really choked up. Uh, New, Me- New Mexico State. It's a revenge game. 
I mean, we're ten and one against New Mexico State, and that one was a bad loss last year. Still got a bad taste in my mouth. Go get them both. Anyway, what I'm getting at is uh, the Rainbows play tomorrow. Yes, they do, and uh, I think it'd be great if they go ten and one over their next eleven games over New Mexico State, and hopefully starting with a win tomorrow. Only five home games left, and uh, hopefully get a nice turnout. And this will be a really important game, as we've said, and I think it can really set the tone for the start of conference play, especially on the road the following week in Vegas, if they can get a win tomorrow night. All right, uh, let's see. I see here that Maui will be hosting another. PGA uh, Century Tournament of Champions, January 5th. The golf world will be focused on uh, Kapalua. Yeah, we know there was obviously at certain at a certain point there was going to be the first pro sporting event uh, in Maui on Maui, and this is great to have a thing that is so traditional there. The start of the golf season, and uh, I, I know all eyes will be on Maui. I have a feeling the TV networks will do some kind of tribute or just to show exactly what has happened and where they are right now. But I would think also people will be glad to have some normalcy return. We've had our lives disrupted with COVID and uh, the fires and everything else. There's so many things going on. It'd be nice to have something positive to look forward to in january yeah and, and of course covid is coming back just to make it rear its ugly head again hey game day today for rainbow wahine volleyball conference play starts at the stand sheriff center against csu bakersfield the roadrunners are going down and i know for one thing i'm looking forward to kate lang hopefully going five for five in big west center of the week's <laughs> award it's basically her yeah. award this season and i i know these teams have been a school that hawaii has beaten in the past you can't afford to overlook anybody if you have one bad loss in conference it can really derail you as far as what you want to accomplish regular season title doesn't mean as much as it might have previously because of the tournament they're going to be having i think thanksgiving weekend in long beach but these are critical matches hopefully they can get really consistent and you know show up or at the end of the season maybe like a 15 and one record something like that let's hope for the best yeah let's hope that kaylin alexander has another 21 kills uh that would be something or even amber igd has 16 slam downs like she did last time we played uh csu bakersfield all right we move on here oh rainbow wahine soccer well it's not good news and it's not bad news but they played fullerton state fullerton state cal state fullerton <laughs> on the road and it ended up in a 1-1 tie. I think that kind of is good news. I don't know where Fullerton ranks overall, but the fact that you're able to get a tie in the road and pick up a point at least, I think is something positive. I look at that more as a positive than a negative, of course, better than a loss. And if you can do that on the road and get something, at least a tie, you're doing okay. Mm. All right, and then we did promise to give away, um, we did promise to give away UH Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets, and this is for Sunday at 4 p.m. So if you're caller number three right now at 808-296-1420, we will give you those tickets. We'll just text them to you, and then we'll see you at the game. Nice 4 o'clock start. I like that. Yeah, I think a lot of fans like that. By the time you're done, you're getting out of there around 6, 6.30 maybe. I don't know if it'll go 5. Hopefully it won't. And there is an autograph session after the match on Sunday in Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Yeah, it's uh, okay. The... Um, You know, we were talking about golf in the um, the Century Tournament of Champions. Right. And uh, the Solheim Cup is going on right now between um, on the, the ladies' golf side, the LPGA side. And it's in Spain. And I did not realize that maybe I, I knew this and wasn't really paying close attention and forgot or something. But 
Hawaii's own Allison Corpuz is uh, is playing in the Solheim Cup. And um, um, one of our um, co-workers is there watching, and she sent me a, uh, some pictures. And there's a really cool picture. I, maybe we can put this on. Oh, I'll give this on. I'll send this to our social media team because it has a photo of Allison Corpuz wearing the USA gear, and she's uh, walking down the fairway with, um, I'm guessing it's Nellie Cord, uh, Corda, not Jessica. I mean, they look the same, but I think it's Nellie Corda. It's kind of cool. I mean, you know, it's very cool. Uh, got some nice photos, and it's beautiful in Spain, at least, uh, you know, the crowd. But what a festive uh, deal going on. So good luck to uh, Team USA and Hawaii's own Allison Corpus. Yeah, I mean, that's a great event to be able to see in person. That'd be pretty special, especially in Spain. Yeah. Hey, last night was, uh, um, or yesterday afternoon, 49ers and Giants were at it on Thursday night football on uh, Amazon Prime. Now, that's the only place you can see it, right? Yes. Is if you yes. have, uh, okay. Did you see, were you able to catch the game? Yes, yes. We, we had it on at Ruby Tuesday, so I did watch the majority of that game. And it was a lot closer than I thought in the first half and early third quarter and a lot more low scoring, at least on the Niners' side, than I thought early on. Just a lot of field, oh, a few field goals for each team early on. But the Niners obviously showed their talent in the end. Right. And, you know, Brock Purdy struggled a little bit in the beginning. And there's a, actually an article uh, on some line somewhere I saw this morning. Was, it really just shows you. How good the San Francisco 49ers are. This is, you can, you, you have bad play and you have enough talent around you to kind of, you know, help you recover and, you know, they get it going towards the end of the game. But I don't know, you know, Philadelphia looks good on the NFC side. People are, some people, mostly local people, are talking about the Dolphins on the AFC side. The Kansas City Chiefs are the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals aren't who we thought they were, at least early in the season. Right. I don't know. I mean, I mean right now, I don't, I don't know what Vegas is saying, but I, how can anybody not think the San Francisco 49ers, and it's early in the season, I get it, and injuries happen and all of that. But right now, the San Francisco 49ers, with all of that talent on offense and defense, how can they not be a favorite to go to the Super Bowl? I, I mean, to me right now, they are the best team in the NFC, and this is why I'd say they're better than, let's say, a Philadelphia. San Francisco basically has everybody back, and right now they're healthy. And we saw what Brock Purdy did last year. We've seen what he's done so far early on this season. But Philadelphia, even though they've looked really good so far, though they let a lead slip away against the Patriots and only won by, I believe, five, is that they've got two new coordinators as well. I don't know how much of a difference that'll make, but I think it'll make a little bit of a difference. And I mean, again, I know it's so early, but Jalen Hurts hasn't exactly been an MVP quarterback, at least in two games. That's not a knock. He's still really good. But I just think the difference in coordinators, especially well, on either side, could affect him a little bit as far as the best team in the NFC. To me, it's San Fran. And even though Dallas has looked great, uh, let's see what happens when they play a team out of New York State or out of New Jersey, technically, and if they can still maintain this. I mean, they're talented. They lose oh, yeah. Trayvon Diggs yesterday for the season with an ACL. Yeah. To me, that's a pretty big loss for Dallas. Big loss for Dallas. And again, this is, you know, professional football. Nobody's going to be healthy, you know, in another few weeks. Right. Every team is going to have some kinds of injuries. But the, um, you know, when you look at the 49ers versus the Eagles type of deal, remember, the Eagles lost a pro bowler in uh, Javon Har- 
Hargrave. 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 I keep saying it wrong. And he's on San And I said, no, he used to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Anyway, the guy's like a third-round draft choice of the Steelers way back when. But that guy, you saw in that game. Nobody can run, at least in the first this early season. No team has been able to run on the San Francisco 49ers. What a difference that guy makes in the middle. I mean, you got, you know, one of the Bosa's. I always get it wrong. Nick Bosa Nick. Uh, on the outside. Halfunga. I mean, these guys are just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm beside myself with the talent. I mean, imagine how they would have done last year. If Brock Purdy didn't get hurt in the NFC Championship Sure, game. and they were that good last year that when you add a guy like Hargrave, I mean, that makes a big difference. And it's, it's also sub, uh, addition by subtraction because Philadelphia loses him and you get him. So yeah. it makes their defense not quite as strong. It makes your great defense even greater. So, right, that's the whole point. And, hey, you know what? Let's. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry, we got Scott on the phone. And then we're going to, and Scott wants to talk about the NIL deal that you brought up sure. last hour. Yeah. Scott's on the line, and folks, you can text or call in at 808 296 1420. Hi, Scott, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Good. Hey, uh, Gary, you know, I, I started, you know, go back to what you guys were talking about last hour, but I, I just I couldn't help myself. I find it laughable that, you know, these ADs, the AD from Ohio State and the other Power Five conferences now want to ask Congress to help them control the beast that they created. They created this <laughs> NIL thing, you know, and and now it's now that it's not working in Go oh. fees for some of these recruits. They want they want to now level the playing field. I, I just find it hypocritical. You know, it's like these kids realize now they have leverage and that, you know, these big name schools have a lot of money. And What's wrong with these kids asking for something, an appearance fee, if it is? I, I realize that some of these kids that are really high recruits, they're going to make their, they're going to go to the NFL, they're going to make their millions regardless. And so if they take a little more money out of the coffers of the Power Five conferences, great. I love it because it's, it's draining their funds. But for most of these kids, you know, this, this NIL thing is helping a lot of college kids that probably won't make it in the NFL, they're not going to make millions. This mm -hmm. is where they're going to make some amount of money. Uh, you know, not a lot. You know, like with, you, you saw with uh, Cordero. He, he, he got an NIL deal with, I don't know, it was a local bank or something. Right. I don't know if that's still good. But he'll make some money. If he never makes it to the NFL, he gets a, a great head start to his, his life. You know, yeah, in, in you know, our, Scott, Scott, one of, the, one of the things, Scott, that I think you, you, we need to recognize is that a lot of female athletes are making money that they would never make uh, ever, even playing exactly. professional basketball. Angel Reese decided to not go pro because she's making more money with her NIL deals or gymnasts at San Jose State or women's basketball players who probably aren't a WNBA worthy are making a lot of money off of social media. Hey, good call. Thank you very much for calling in. Thanks. What? The Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420 is open. Go ahead, Gary. One of the things about Scott's comments, though, it's interesting that you would think, why would Ohio State want to level the playing field? Because they probably got, I would think, as much or almost as much NIL money behind the scenes that maybe in Alabama or some of the other top teams. There's a group of five that would love to level the playing field even more. I, I'm not sure they're reacting right now to what's going on right now. I think they might be smart going, okay, where is this going to end up? Yeah, yeah. Y right? Uh, okay, what's next, what's next, and what's next? 
That's how smart people think. And I think that's what they're thinking of is, okay, we got to nip this in the bud. Let's get a national, a federal law and regulate this thing because pretty soon even we won't be able to afford it. I think it's smart to do. And what they can do when you say, oh, they can't, they, you know, it's taking money out of their coffers. Sure it is. But what they'll do is because of you look at how, um, the power of softball. I'll just use that as, as an example. How the power has changed from the Pac-12 to the SEC. Why? Because of all the money the SEC makes from football, they they got to spend the money somewhere. <laughs> Look at the beautiful softball stadiums they play in nowadays. And it's, it's so what that's going to do is, well, all of a sudden the other sports aren't going to benefit enough. They're going to have to put even more money if it keeps up. If you get five thousand dollars per school visit and stuff like that. Yeah, it just goes back to the football program, and it takes away from all the other um, sports, you know, your Olympic sports and uh, and women's sports. Right. Non-revenue generating, I guess. And if people just tuning in what Scott was referring to and Chris as well as that Gene Smith, the AD, was saying that it's become more common for athletes to request a $5,000 appearance fee for a school visit. Before, yeah. They might not decide to go to your school. They might have five visits over the next month, and if they get 5000 from each, they're getting that 25000 Obviously, they can't pick every school. And what Gene Smith says, which I really find interesting, is that he told Yahoo Sports that he wants to have the existing scholarship rules changed so that even more revenue could be given to the athletes. Good boy. That All I'd right. like to see how he wants to project that specifically. Well, the Zephyr Insurance text line, uh, we just got one. We were talking about the uh, Niners and the Eagles. Uh, somebody asked, is Josie Omalu still playing for the Eagles? Uh, no, he is uh, starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's an offensive line that is uh, struggling a little bit. Okay, here's one on the NILs, Gary. What's unfair about NIL is that the advantage goes to which corporate companies are in the school's state. Wow, that's a great take. For instance... Our big corporate sponsors are hotel, and ours are hotels and airline companies. That's interesting. That's true, but it seems, again, I look go back to BYU, I believe it was last year. Every player on that team, and I might be off a little, I think they got something like $5,000 or $15,000 just for being on the name of an energy bar. <laughs> Everybody was included. It wasn't just right. a star athlete. So yeah. that might but be it wasn't that regional. much money. But it wasn't that Relative, much money. Compared to others, no, but when you're getting the second or third string <laughs> player still getting the same as the starters, for them it is. But the starters, it was just all even, which is not the norm for other schools where the starting QBs, <laughs> are probably getting a million plus for starters. Kavika Hallams, thank you for texting in. Uh, <laughs> I said the texter wrote Joe Sayamalu, and he said it's Isaac, not Joe. Joe is 57 years old. <laughs> and he's on the steel. No wonder they're having offensive problems. Right. Uh, that's 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 funny, yeah. I, I I didn't even think twice. I saw Joe Sayamalu. I'm like, yeah, he play, he's not playing for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But Joe, where's Josiah? Where's Siomalu coaching? Oh, why am I thinking USC or UCLA? I'll double check on it. But Kaviks, Kaviks will text in. Yeah, San, San Jose State. He says. Oh, okay, okay. He coaches the defensive line. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, brother. All right, eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Talking about the NILs now. This texture says from the seven eight one. Those people who want standardized national NIL contracts are communists. <laughs> national standardized NIL contracts. You've got to be kidding. 
The only way to judge if college sports are going downhill is to see if people stop watching it and cause the TV ratings and ad revenue to tank. Oh. That won't happen. We've seen when there's been strikes or a lockout and people, I'm never going to watch that sport again. These players are greedy. And you know they what? might lose a little. But it happened when it happened when they, they, they did the whole kneeling for the national anthem. Those ra- the ratings were starting to tank for the NFL. So In it certain places, yes, but I, I and I don't know if they're nationally, all back nationally. But I don't know if they're all back. But I, I think the pro sports have been able to withstand some of that uh, when again there was problems with their sports for whatever the reasons are. Like taking a knee was a big one, obviously. Though you're right, right. But that did that did yeah, uh, that right. did affect ad revenue and everything. Uh, last one, Tiff Wells is going to join us talking Rainbow Wahine volleyball next. But uh, Gary, do students pay taxes on NIL? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I yes, they do. I can help. I, I would, yes, they I do. Would think they yes, do. They're they do. It's in, they do. It's income. They have to pay taxes, and that was one of the arguments when it first started. You better get ready to pay taxes. So, what about if they get unionized? Because I thought that would be one way. People have... in unions pay taxes. I Gary. know. That's, that's what I'm saying. If they're unionized, but they're not unionized, the college players. So that's why I wasn't sure if it's universal or everybody. Are you? you do you belong to a union, and do you pay taxes? Depends what year. Uh yes, I, yes, and no. You can guess which is which. You don't pay taxes? <laughs> it depends on the year. I'm joking. I pay taxes, but I'm not in a union. Right. So everybody who works in America is to pay taxes. That's It's kind of a law. So what about if you're still being claimed by your parents <laughs> and you're a college I, you freshman? Still, you still have to. But you still they, have do to, they have me. to? What? If the parents are claiming you, is Arch Manning going to – is Cooper Manning paying for yes. Arch Manning's NIL? Yes, if you work, you have to pay taxes unless you make under fifteen hundred dollars a year. Okay. I hope Sharon Cowley's listening. I don't think she is. <laughs> Shout out to Sharon, but uh, yeah, our my accountant would be very proud of me right now. Hey, we gotta we gotta get Tiff on here. Just a reminder: you want to win a thousand dollars cash grand prize or a hundred dollars weekly in prizes from ESPN Honolulu? In fact, this week we're giving away a hundred dollars in Dave and Buster's gift certificates. Play Pigskin Picks. It's brought to you by Young's Fish Market and our friends at M. Dyer Global. Register now and play at ESPNHonolulu.com. An exciting weekend for University of Hawaii Sports on the road yesterday with Wahine Soccer getting a tie. And, of course, the volleyball team, as we've been mentioning, starting Big West play starting tonight at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Joining us now on ESPN, Honolulu, the voice, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the myth. And, well, look, to some people, he could be the myth. The voice of Rainbow Wahine and Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Tiff Wells joins us right now. Tiff, great to have you on. And before we talk about what's coming up, I want to go back to the tournament in Fort Worth last weekend because one of the things that really impressed me as Chris and I and you over the last couple of weeks and Cleo Baxter the other day talking about this team at times not being able to close out matches or sets and against Florida State in that sweep the leading hitting team in the country going into that match in the third set Hawaii 25-13 not only did they sweep them but they won convincingly at the end of that match they really did. First off, guys, good morning. Happy Friday. Yeah, you Good heard, morning. I mean, Happy good, National good Ice Cream Cone Day. Sorry, go ahead. Ooh, ooh, ice cream. All right. I'm I'll just reminding people tonight. that a yeah. lot of people are going to have free ice cream tonight. Yes, and there's, the gonna be, there's gonna be some ice cream available at the arena as well. So that's that's a very good uh good ploy. Our mouth is be quite happy there, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. 
Um, yeah, you guys mentioned, you know, the, the, the big lead that Hawaii had in set three against Florida State and the, the ability. Yes, Florida State didn't have one of their top outside hitters, but, you know, it's, it's college sports. You, you play whoever is on the other side of the court if they're healthy or they're not. And Hawaii, you know, didn't care and wanted to, you know, close out that TCU trip with, with a pretty convincing win and, and an RPI building win, and that's exactly what the Bows did. That match against TCU, oh, it could have been a second set. You're up 24-20. Just a combination of hitting mistakes, maybe some setting indecisions, and just if you have that ability to side out and you have four, three opportunities on serve receive, you love L-O-V-E, you love your chances. Just unfortunately for Hawaii, couldn't close it out. What could have been and should have been a 2-0 match lead becomes a 1-1 match. And basically all that energy, the momentum that TCU had in that, at the end of the second carried over into the third and into the fourth as well. And what could have been a 3-0 and weekend turned out to be a 2-1 and good weekend for the Bulls. What could have been as a very impressive 3-0 win on the road last week, or 3-0 weekend on the road last week. You have mentioned several times, and we've talked and seen Tali Hawkins done a really good job early in her career at the University of Hawaii. What is her role now with Kendra Ham taking over as a starter? I think well, we'll again we'll have to wait and see what happens with, with tonight. I mean, when we went when, when we got into Dallas Fort Worth last week, and you know from what we had heard that the senior Kendra Ham had just a little bit better practice, did bring some a little bit more energy, you know, early in the week before they headed out to Dallas-Fort Worth. And, you know, with that rewarding from the coaching staff to Kendra that, you know, you had you had the better practice and just a little bit more stability on serve-receive. I mean, Callie Hawkins is still getting a little bit used to hitting on that right side, a little bit more of a natural left-side hitter. But I think for what Kendra has been able to do, just, you know, she's, been kind of a platoon player for, for Hawaii and even for Cal Poly. I mean, she's gone from a defensive specialist to a serving specialist to some spot duty hitting on the left side or the right side. She's been she's been very comfortable. And, and, and again, for, for Tally last week, it was her and along with all of the freshmen, it was their first road trip. And it, it's sort of a been there, done that for these upperclassmen, these, these, this, I would say, senior-heavy team for Hawaii. And I just think for what Kendra was able to do, did have – all three matches, you know, she played very well. And, and yes, the, the, the TCU match, she did hit zero. But I think for what she brought on the court, stability-wise, able to help that Hawaii offense, just giving Hawaii another, not just offensive option, but just what she was able to do at the net in terms of blocking, but also in the back line in terms of digs. Tiff Wells joining us on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM, which is where you'll hear Tiff tonight, starting at about 6.50 p.m. to start a Big West play against CSU Bakersfield. Uh, we've been mentioning, and I mentioned earlier in the show, how Kate Lang, four weeks in a row, she has won Big West Center of the Week. But actually, it's five weeks, not in a row, mm-hmm. but going back to last season, she won the last award, and it's pretty incredible the run she's been on. I know she had, I think, 45 uh, assists in one of the matches over the weekend as well. Really like, outstanding play from the junior setter exactly and i think this is something that you want to see from an experienced setter someone who's been an upperclassman like you said now in her in her junior year and you want to see her take that next step and i think now with 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 hawaii having primarily gone with this you know this this uh this five attacker one setter system as opposed to what some schools will do with that six two with a six hitter two setter offense and just have the three frontline hitters in that front row at all times. I think now the 
next step you want to see Kate Lang have is to have that ability to maybe run the offense just a little bit better, have a little bit better setting decisions, having a little bit better of locations on sets just because you've either seen or you've heard a lot of the times where the sets aren't getting all the way to the antenna. They're not getting off the net. Sometimes they're tight. Sometimes they're inside. Sometimes they're too far out. Just you want to see more consistency from from Kate to either the left side or the right side. And just also with the middles, with what Ambrad Judy has been able to do and the emergence of a Kennedy Evans and what we saw just a little bit with Jackson Bamis uh, from one of the matches last week in Texas. You want to see that middle connection be very smooth from this third-year setter. I want to ask you one last question. Uh, it's kind of a general question, but you, Chris and I were talking earlier about how good this team is, and it's obvious this team is good. I don't see a weakness on this team, and you're with them, obviously, on the road and at home matches. So what is the difference with this team winning the Big West, which we expect again, but maybe having a deep tournament run? Because, again, look at some of the uh, awards that are given out. I mean, not only Riley Wagner, Amber IGD, Kate Lang, the list goes on and on. Uh, we talk about Kalen Alexander. So why can't this team or what will help or prevent this team from going further along in the NCAA tournament this year? I think when you get into the non-conference and you see a team, you see, you see the name opponents, you see a UCLA, you see an SC, you see an Oregon, um, even to a San Diego, you see, you see these name teams and it's easy for opponents from the group of five conferences to get up for those big matches, whether they're ranked or whether they're a name team in, in this sport. But I think once you get in the conference play, it's, again, it's easy to get up for those matches against a Santa Barbara or a Cal Poly or a Long Beach just because they've been rotating in the top four in the conference and they've, they've had the rivalries more so with Long Beach and to an extent Santa Barbara than maybe Cal Poly has with Hawaii over the years. It's especially when you get into this week, when you're taking on a Bakersfield, you're taking on a CSUN. These teams aren't, Name teams, it's a little bit hard to get up for just because it's, you know, they're towards the middle of the conference, maybe more so at the bottom, and they're just trying to be that fifth, sixth seed in the conference tournament. Whereas if you're Hawaii, you're trying to be on all systems go and try to prep for next week. You don't want to be looking ahead too far because of next week with playing at Long Beach. You have your two matches this week. So I think for Hawaii, it's more so just a focus. And they said it all. They said it all season long. It's the focus on their side of the court. Worry about the next play. And I think for them, it's just the ability once they get to that twenties to have that next step and find a way to close out. Don't be satisfied if you're up by four or five. You want to win that set by eight, nine, ten. You want to have some style points. It may not help in terms of like the RPI and strength of schedule, but if you have that ability to in these conference matches where you can end it in a sweep do so and just try to give yourself a little bit more rest just because you have that conference tournament at the end of the season. And hopefully they'll start that run in conference play starting tonight. We'll hear you, Tiff, of course, at 6.50 p.m. here on ESPN Honolulu. Sunday is a 4 p.m. start. You'll be on the air about 3.50. Tiff, thanks for joining us. We'll see you out at the Stan Sheriff Center at Simplify Arena this weekend. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It is Aloha Friday. Thank you, Tiff Wells, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. And again, uh, the coverage starting tonight at 6.50. A lot of great things going on. It's National Girls' Night, uh, also National Ice Cream Cone Day. And uh, <laughs> if you're one of the first in attendance, I'm going to rush down down there to get that free ice cream cone from Metal Gold. Well, I, I wonder what they're giving away. Is it an ice cream cone? Is it an ice cream bar? 
I, hmm. I, I'd, I'd be interested to find out. Can you put it on social media? Can you go down there well, and investigate and let people know? Well, by the time you let people know it, let's say 7.03, you know, it might be gone by the time people decide to go down there based oh. on what they're giving out. The notes say they're giving away free ice cream. But it being right. National Ice Cream Cone Day, I'm going to go out on a limb and think it could be ice cream cones. I'm not thinking – I'm thinking that people aren't actually scooping ice cream and making ice cream cones. Could I imagine they might, be, they might be giving away – you know what the, the best thing to do? If uh, anybody at Metagold is listening, and uh, like my daughter, uh, maybe just do ice cream sandwiches. That would be the cleanest, right? Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with a good ice cream sandwich. No. Whether it's uh, vanilla or Neapolitan. Neapolitan, or, no. Yeah, or, or <laughs> the one with the little, uh, uh, what do they call it, cookies and cream. Woo! All right. I'm craving that right now. All right. Hey, you, uh, you know what a lot of people are craving is Rainbow Warrior football. It's tomorrow night. If you're not going to the game, you can catch UH football and NFL football, by the way, at a great place, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. Now, on Sundays, they're open early at 6 a.m. for all the NFL games. You should check out their uh, menu. Uh, the poo-poo menu is unbelievable, too. Now, for Monday and Thursday night football, there's happy hour poo-poo from 4 to 7 daily. And for UH games, they have menu specials kind of that match the opponent so check it out 850 craft beer and whiskey bar home of the new video wall and the place for uh college and nfl football Good morning, happy Aloha Friday. Sports Animals here, ESPN Honolulu. Going to be partly cloudy today, a few passing showers. We're going to have a windy weekend, uh, so look out, golfers. It's going to be windy out there. But it'll keep uh, things nice and cool. Uh, that You know what? Talking about football conditions for University of Hawaii versus New Mexico State. Windy tomorrow? Oh, I hope we can get our running game going. <laughs> I hope the running game and the passing game are both going. Let's get them both Well, I'm just going. talking about the wind, right? I yeah. Mean, if you can't, it's not rain that bothers these quarterbacks. Right. It's the wind. And it would be nice to see the running game going. I guess we'll find out at some point tomorrow about Tylen Hines' stat. I just want to see everybody healthy. Uh, sure. Cam Stone said he's going to try to give it a go. We know. I thought JoJo Forrest has done a really good job filling in for Cam Stone. And mm -hmm. Jordan Johnson, I mean, the numbers are good. But you can see the talent there with him at the starting running back. I love what he brings to this team as well. I was surprised, and I don't know because I'm no football expert, so I'm not – I don't know where he fits and what they're thinking, but I was surprised Jordan Johnson didn't get more carries. Is it because maybe we were just behind and we just, uh, you know, went to the passing game? See, this is how I look at that. That's been brought up for the first four games, really, about the limited carries that even that Tylen Hines was getting when healthy. Part of mm. it, I think, is you're trailing, of course, so you're not going to run the ball as much. But also, this is the run-and-shoot offense, which it is. You're probably going to pass the ball a lot more than you run it anyway. Uh, yeah, so well, okay, but if... This this is not June Jones's run no, and shoot. Right, right. 
this is a more balanced attack. It is, but to expect, let's say, Tylen Hines, and I don't know what he averaged last year in a game when he was starting, but I don't know if... He, it was like seven yards or eight yards No, I mean, as far as how many carries a game. I don't know if you're going to get a oh. running back with 20 carries a game or... Not no, even the, no. And but even would you unit. have 20... Not, okay, but would you have 20 running plays a game? Yes. About, yeah. Yes. You would. You, you would that. You, you, I mean, if you're going off of what you did towards the end of last year when we started working with run-and-shoot concepts uh they'll say right and again it's not june jones is running shoots so it's going to be a little bit different i mean that's a tight end normally in this offense and you would think they're going to run more than you know sometimes june would only run the ball a few times a game single digits i think there were a few games like that his dream was to have no running attempts in a right. game that never happened but i got close a Actually, few times you know what your you know what my dream is i don't care how many passing or running attempts how about a game with no punts <laughs> with no what no punting. Oh, we didn't yeah, punt. Yeah. We didn't punt once. That would be awesome. That would be great as well. I think also when looking at the rush, uh, the running game for Hawaii, you got different types of runners, and that was kind of the case last year with Dedrick Parson there as well and Tylen Hine. But Najee Bryant Lalay is back, and he's a different type of runner than Jordan Johnson certainly, and right. even Tylen Hines when healthy. So and remember, Landon Sims is still part of the rotation when healthy. Don't know when he'll be back. Uh, it appears he won't be ready tomorrow, and. I had heard nothing officially, of course, that it would be a few weeks. Well, he's already missed two games, so mm. hopefully he'll be back real soon because we saw glimpses of him early on. One uh, and a half games, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm not, not sure if games. he got injured against Stanford or not. It might have been that, but the Stanford and Vanderbilt games were the only games he's played in. Ooh, and okay. he showed he showed a lot, I think, you know, and we've heard about him in camp, how good he was. So we have different types of runners, but I think we do have a strong running game. It's just the offensive well, line at times well, is not helping their cause. How can you say I think we do have a strong running game? Because I'll tell you why, because Tylen Hines has already proved what kind of running back he is. Landon hmm. Sims in short glimpses has shown that he can be a power running back and, you know, pick up some yeah, yards. They haven't played well, though, Gary. I mean, that's they. They haven't played well. Who's they? The running game, running back. The the, the the unit has not produced. The oh. unit has not produced yards. Now, uh, Jordan Johnson has a few, and that's why I brought it up. Is I wonder why he doesn't get more carries. Yeah, but yeah, at this yeah, at the same time, you you can't say I think we have a good running game. Well, I don't know. They're they're not playing good. Well, but I think that's to me that's more of a reflection on the offensive line, and I'm not saying we have a great. Well, back the offensive tenth. line is part of the running game. Well, okay, but I'm talking about the running backs themselves. They have talent there. We've seen it, uh, and we've seen it in the past with Tylen Hines that he can put up seven plus yards a carry. Uh, and again with Jordan Johnson, that initial burst, the quickness he shows, yeah. I think he's going to be getting better and better, and shows that he's a special running back. And maybe it'll take more time, okay? But I think there is a lot of talent. We've seen Najee Bryant Lalay last year. And in the uh, U Albany game, you know, when he's, I think that was his first game of the season, we yeah, know that he can bring a what lot. What did he do? What did he do in the U Albany? Well, game? he had a touchdown, and he had a couple. Okay. He only had about probably four or five carries. Something exactly. Like that. We haven't seen enough to really evaluate, but hopefully, uh, again, if it's super windy, we get our running game going. We're a little behind here. I did want to go to the Zephyr Insurance text line here because uh, this is this is really cool. The um, regarding the Solheim Cup. Thank you for sending this in. U.S. leads Europe 5-3 to three after the first day. So Allison Corpuz from Hawaii, she won her first match and tied the second. All right, we're doing uh, – representing the 808, Allison Corpuz, way to go. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu.
All right, back by request. Night music from C&K. <laughs> You've heard of I two for Tuesday. Song. It's two for Friday. Hey, we take care of the audience. Uh, we're going to end the show with your text at 808-296-1420. Thank you guys for texting in. Uh, Solheim Cup we did. I just Oh, here's one, Gary. Uh, this Oh, I hope they're still listening. They texted in about 45 minutes ago. Uh, what kind of entertainment will be at Les Murakami Stadium before the football game? Thanks and go Bows. The Vitals will be performing at the at the Les tomorrow. And a DJ. And they'll be able to DJ, DJ play? Yes, yes, yes. The Vitals. Do we know anything about the Vitals? Um, they're very important. Uh, I, I mean, do, they're I, vital. Yeah, but they're vital. We, but are, 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 is it, uh, are they uh, like an oldies group? Are they uh Maybe from now Contemporary on. Contemporary Hawaiian music group. On the day before a Saturday home game, we should play the entertainer's music on Friday on the show. Well, what if they don't have an album out? Then what are they going to play tomorrow if they don't have an album? Well, I'm sure maybe they play other people's songs. Well, they would put that on an album and we can play that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. The Vitals. I mean, somebody like Bruce Springsteen, that would be, you would like that. I would play. love that. Maybe we could suggest some bands. Uh, yeah. for them but yeah a group called the vitals yes the vitals if anyone knows about the vitals because maybe we're just stupid and everyone else knows who these guys what are I mean, right? maybe <laughs> <laughs> okay uh here's a text ranking the best mountain west conference football stadiums this is from uh mountain west conference this is something online somebody sent us from hero sports the new aloha stadium which might be a few years which might be a few years away from opening will help Hawaii move up this list. Until then, the Warriors are at the bottom. Yeah. No one says how embarrassing. Of course, we know that. Don't blame that on UH. No. Do not blame that on the University of Hawaii. You know who to blame that on. The people who stopped funding Aloha Stadium. Yep. You know, don't don't say embarrassing like uh you know and maybe that's what they mean. But it is embarrassing that one, two or three individuals can single-handedly hamper a football program because of spite it's amazing that we let that go let that happen and you know what it's the same you know it's the same people who keep uh, you know they don't they don't want term limits because <laughs> their life is to ruin the university of hawaii it's amazing David Lassner lasted as long as he did. Yeah, and we didn't let it happen. Unfortunately, they let it happen more so. We're just the victims of it. They let it happen on purpose. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, you know, did what you set out for. But thank you. But, yeah, it's not the most ideal stadium that a place plays in. But, hey, you know what? They made it work, and they kept the football program going. Right. They should be, cre that you should be that credited that you for this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, regarding the NIL conversation we've been having all day, this texture says, that's crazy. The rich will get richer. UH will suffer. Basically, you're paying for athletes. Hired guns with no limits. The NFL has limits. The NCAA doesn't have any. That's a great text. Right. That's what Gene Smith wants. He wants, you know, regulations so to be regulated, and they will have a cap so to speak, on this. So it doesn't get even more crazier than it already is. Or I guess the thing is, there's going to be more separation like for schools like Hawaii, but the Mountain West schools are all in the same situation, basically. Yeah, and it's already the rich. Uh, you know, we're already left behind in the dust when it comes to recruiting. Right, of course. But they should, they should, they should actually have a salary cap, so to speak, yeah. for each team. 
So if you're going to give one guy gets $3 million, well, you have less to give to go around. I don't know, just a thought. We're out of time, though. Let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy coming up at 12 noon. Off the bench with Pacheco and Hughes at 3 o'clock. Artie Wilson and On Point. That's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.